0: Welcome to the 2023 No Direction Holiday Special. One of my favorite episodes of the year where the staff, who we all hang out, we all get along. Sorry, we don't hang out. We all work together on a site. We all get along, and yet we never hang out. So at least once a year, we have this excuse that we're going to hang out, talk about what we've been up to, what's been interesting to us. And if there's, you know, a little holiday theme that we're going to throw in there, whatever comes up. Now, sometimes we've done like swapping people in and out, but this year it's one full room. Smaller than usual, so I think it's going to be manageable, but just in case if things get a little out of control, people get a little too chatty, I will step in and moderate this crowd. Speaking of this crowd, uh, I'm Ryan Costello, I'm the Director of Logistics at the No Direction Network, and uh, let's go in order of experience, So next up we've got Alex. Introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Alexander Agournas, No Direction's Everyman Gamer. I am the Master of Ceremonies on No Direction Beyond, our Starfinders news, reviews, and interviews podcast.
0: Dustin, you're the next most senior person in this room. What?
1: Is he? I, know. I James was. James. It, it,
0: uh, oh yeah. Sorry, James. You're not
1: on my list.
2: <laughs> what happened there?
3: You should have checked that list twice.
1: I know. <laughs> I guess we found out whether James is naughty or nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm a bit of a, a mischief man. Uh, I'm James. I used to write Code Switch, and I produce for No Direction Beyond. And uh, eventually, we'll do that uh, uh, Ports of Call video.
0: Eventually. The list has been updated. Now I'm more confident that, oh no, Vanessa just showed up and she outranks <laughs> uh, Dustin's <laughs> bar seniority. Vanessa, say hello.
4: Oh, hi, uh, I don't know what just happened. Cause I was just logging in to listen and wait until I was allowed to talk. And hi, I'm Vanessa Hoskins and I write for Paizo sometimes. I'm a No Direction board member and former host of No Direction, yay.
0: That's exactly what you were expected to do. Thank you, Vanessa.
4: With the panic and everything?
0: Yeah, I, I okay, mean, that's just cool. expected. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, this is the Hi. third time I've queued you up. It's officially your turn.
2: My <laughs> name is Dustin Knight. I used to write for Fox Cunning, and uh, now I'm out finding stars with Pathfinder and uh, also going on shows trolling people when they are live on Twitch
0: on No Direction. <laughs> <laughs> Called trolling, you're an active member of the audience. There we go.
5: Jessica. Hello, uh, hello. I am Jessica Redakopp. I co-host the Legend Lore podcast on No Direction. And I've also participated in a number of the actual plays that we've done, including Valiant, GM'd by Luis Loza, uh The Troubles in Otari that we did, which was GM'd by Jason Keeley. And then um, the Tavernrats playthrough of the beginning of Quest for the Frozen Flame, which was GM by Michelle Jones.
0: And finally, for now, we've got Nate.
6: Hi, I'm Nate Wright. I write the Eldritch Excursion blog for No Direction. I am a freelancer with Paizo Experience, and uh, I love making monsters and weird stuff.
0: Weird stuff is right. Sometimes when I have to do the shares for your blogs, I'm like, how do I sum up this blog in a hundred characters? Like what has Nate done to me? Uh, And it's fun putting you through that challenge. (laughs) So I thought we would just start by reflecting on the year. And the way I figured we would do that is if you were to sum up this as the year of the blank from your point of view, what would it be? What? How would you fill in the blank? Let's, you know, as, as many words as you think that blank needs. And Alex, we'll start with you and I'll mix up who gets to start
1: as we go along. All right. So for clarity, since I'm going first, is it like from the, the, the perspective of my role in No Direction or just me as a person?
0: Oh, you know what? Uh, you just gave me two questions. Oh, no. <laughs> what have
1: I done? Let's start with you as a person. How's your year been? tumultuous uh, a lot of changes some that i wanted and some that i didn't want
0: um
1: let's stick to the positive what were some of the highlights um you know what uh i have been gosh uh there's there's actually been kind of a lot going on um i have been working on uh some of my own projects which has been really exciting and fun Uh, James and I got to restart No Direction Beyond after being on a bit of a hiatus for the first half of the year. And uh, I'm getting to do a lot of remastered stuff for uh, Pathfinder Infinite now that Pathfinder Infinite is moving towards the remastered program. Uh, I'm sure by the time people listen to this, it'll already be out, but I'm putting out Kitsune of Galarian Remastered on the first day of the new year, and I'm very excited about it. Remastered how can you give us some highlights? Oh my god, how have I not? So, um, so the one thing I've done is I've taken like all of the 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 book was originally based around like continents of Galarian and a couple of ethnic groups for each. Uh, there are two new ethnic groups. All the information that I already had has been split out from being like two very broad uh, series of paragraphs into being like, this section is about your culture and your traditions, and this section is about your your people's art, and this one is about your dress and your population. So like it's literally like most of the ethnic groups are like two or three times longer than they were originally. Uh, there's all new art. There's tons of content. When it comes out, it is going to be the longest Pathfinder Infinite product that I could find. It's about a oh, wow. hundred. It's about 130 pages.
0: Wow! Congratulations. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm very excited about it. I am not surprised to hear that you
0: can write the longest book on Pathfinder Infinite about <laughs> <Kitsune>. <laughs> I'm
1: cheating. <laughs> it's almost like I get to sell my hyperfixation, and nobody can stop me. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> right.
0: But going back to No Direction Beyond. So one of the things about this year on the network is that a lot of our regular content has kind of ebbed and flowed. And some things that have been around for a long time came to an end. Sometimes it was a ceremonious send. Sometimes they just kind of drifted off. And I've tried not to be too hard on people to try and stay on schedule or try and keep me updated. I think the network as a whole has become a little more casual in that regard. And No Direction Beyond is one of those things that I just kind of figured... Well, it seems like this is just going to be an every now and then whenever James and Alex are free. Uh, But no, in the last couple of months, you've been putting out consistently, you are keeping our Twitch channel alive, and that's appreciated. Yeah.
3: Not a problem.
1: Yeah, honestly, James and I love getting in front of people and, like, having our stream live and, like, you know, just doing it with like our guests and making an event. We, it, it was one of those things where like we very much valued that part of the experience, you know, especially for me having learned that from you, Empower them on No Direction, and then bringing that energy to beyond. It was James and I were both, we, we talked about it and we were like, for us personally, and like no rag on anybody who doesn't do it the way we do, but like for us, we were like, if if we're not going to like do it live, then why do it? so uh yeah it's
3: so great to be wrong live yeah it's great me and alex are the smartest person in the room for starfinder and just to get in front of people who are like actually you're thinking about that wrong is so enlightening to how that game works in my head
1: yeah
0: and sometimes it's dustin yes Uh, that's his job literally his job (laughs) (laughs) uh thirsty too likes to throw in his two cents and make sure that he corrects
1: you live on the air Oh, he does. He does. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, this year one of the things we did with the Starfinder field test uh, for second edition being announced, uh, we had like a whole bunch of uh, Star uh, Starfinder friend folk people on the show. Like we had an episode with uh, Thirsty and Jenny at one point. And uh, Thirst when we did our our own impressions of it first before we had them on, and uh, thirsty was like, "Oh, you weren't you weren't going to have me on? You weren't brave enough to like do this in front of the audience with me there?" I'm like, "No, no, no. We just wanted we wanted the focus to be on us and our opinions first, so then we could give the podium to you guys." He's like, "Yeah, sure." Thirsty, thirsty, James, and I have a really fun dynamic like that. It's very enjoyable. James, how have you liked producing full-time? Uh
3: it's it's been fine. At, at first it was a little bit nerve-wracking uh, getting everything right. I think it took my third episode to learn how to do scenes, which is like something that I could have spent 15 minutes doing a YouTube video for. Um but it it's been fun so far. Uh, I've enjoyed it as a challenge, um, and it helps keep me uh interested, basically. <laughs> uh, I have a tendency to have my mind drift in between topics. Um, that's just uh, a problem with my brain. Uh, but having to constantly keep everything kind of on track uh i think it makes me focus more on the overall experience so it's been good i think it's a fun skill and that
0: that is the opposite of my experience with producing i remember when param couldn't make it to an episode where we had uh mark seifter on and so i was producing and hosting and like i asked him how he's going he gave me an answer and then i like i said and how are you doing and he's like you you just (laughs) asked me that
3: You only do that once, though, right? Like,
0: (laughs) I hope so, but I have not produced much (laughs) live content since then. I tend to just dwell in the podcast spaces and occasionally go live here on uh, Discord. (laughs) But how about you, James? If you could sum up 2023 as the year of what's the year of 2023 Uh, for for No
3: Direction? No Direction's a year to come back. Uh, We cycled through uh, producers and thank everybody who's ever been a producer for No Direction Beyond. I think we have a starting five in basketball. At this point, oh. so we, we, we can take the court, uh, but uh, well, I have this mantle, and you're taking it over my cold dead body.
1: We we have, no <laughs> we have three no direction. We have three no direction beyond <laughs> producers in this channel alone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're like Baldwin's in Hollywood. You just can't over them.
1: No, see, but that's the thing, though. Our show is so great that like literally over half of the people who have ever been like master ceremonies on our show either were part of paizo or, or not master ceremonies like hosts and producers in general like either went on to, either were part of paizo like owen or went on to paizo so it's like yeah we're we're the we're the baller channel james and i know it. it's good
3: it's an impressive pedigree i i don't like to toot the horn that way but you're not wrong
1: no, no. Get, get. We next. The next thing we got to do is we got to program a soundboard for the show, and then you can toot the horn as much as you want.
5: Oh no! Oh
3: no! <laughs> Don't tempt me! Don't tempt me!
5: And then <laughs> you can get an image of Doctor Doom tooting as he pleases. That appears yes. <laughs> the horn. Classic. <laughs> All
3: right. now. No, I have to. Thanks. Like, thanks for the extra work, everybody. It's Christmas.
4: Should we talk about the the Discord APIs and that you could probably make a button in OBS that p- displays Doctor Doom tooting the horn along with the sound through the OBS <laughs> soundboard all at the same time? Oh
1: my it? gosh! We gotta we gotta, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta we gotta tap the lore that is Vanessa and like make this happen. Oh we can have her own emojis and one of them could be Doctor Doom. Do it.
4: I just know it's possible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, yeah, you're the, the comeback. Personally, the year, year of just growth uh, with a child that's almost uh, four. Uh, I'm learning a lot, and I get to troll her because uh, she started to have an identity, and it's fun messing with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, four is kind of a sweet spot as far as, like, getting a little more independence back as a parent.
3: Yeah, I could just, like, leave her, and she's fine. Uh, yep. I'm trying to get all of my associated friends to call her Bandit. Uh, what? Because uh, she watches Paw Patrol, and she doesn't like Bandits. Um, so just to tease her. Um, are there a lot of bandits on here. paw patrol there used to be it seems like they were they they've i thought down I th- the bandits I, th-
1: I thought bandit was bluey because bandits the dad in bluey yeah. isn't
3: i've never seen bluey
1: what and your life is not complete bluey I is know, like actually good. a legit show like bluey is pretty good
3: oh i'll take it into consideration so i think you're on to vanessa sorry i just jump back in there to try to finish that
4: no that's fine. I, I'm glad you did. Um, I think I'm with Ryan on the producing. Like I don't mind being a host who is producing but I, I it is challenging to be the only host and produce unless it is like a more chatty episode. So if you're not showing off a new book with art and all these different scenes and stuff you want to set up ahead of time it's fine. If it's just like we're interviewing so-and-so to talk about what it's like to blank like that's fine um but otherwise yeah it gets it gets really challenging to focus on like do i switch to the next scene or do i switch back and is everything aligned and looking good and it's like oh gosh that's just so much pressure <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you are much better at handling production related fires as they break out because as soon as anything goes slightly wrong i am i have no skills i have no talent for dealing with that stuff
4: well, one thing that definitely helped me is I have four monitors on my computer and so or during the time I'm I'm down to two, uh, but I want to get back up oh, to no. four. Um yeah, it's 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 fine. It's it's a very boring story, but anyway. <laughs> but at four monitors, like I can have Discord open in one, and OBS open in one, and like uh, let's say Adobe open and whatever book we're reviewing and another screen that just has I don't know graphics or files or whatever else I'm messing with. And so it's just like, I can kind of see everything all at once. And that helped a lot. Uh, and, and yeah, multiple monitors how, is sort of the trick.
0: How many of those monitors are set up vertically?
4: Um, When I had four, two. So two oh, wow. horizontal and two vertical. Yeah, I had two stacked up right in the middle and then the vertical ones on the side, making kind of just a big, a big box.
0: I'm jealous I the more monitors the better for my setup right now I'm down to just the one because I'm in the middle of cleaning my office I my setup is ridiculous right now so the thing I did today was something that I've wanted to do for years and this is probably not the best day to do it but I have coated my desk with a a collage of GI Joe packaging and it needs plexiglass to go over it so for the time being I've got a one folding table flipped upside down to keep everything down. And then a second folding table on top of that so that I have a flat surface for the one monitor that I hastily set up an hour ago so that I can uh, run this show. Uh, It, it, yeah, I'm just sitting on a stack of three tables here and only one monitor. So all of my windows are scrunched really small in front of me.
4: Are you going to keep it just with Plex on top or are you planning on pouring like clear resin to make that sort of, forever sealed gi joe desk
0: so the resin was the first plan but nothing about this plan has gone the way i saw it uh things are all curling up and so i'm worried that if i pour resin the cardboard will just kind of shrivel and it'll leave gaps so uh, like Mm. the spacing i'm okay with right now so i'm thinking of just putting the plexiglass on top and calling it done
4: Oh, okay because what you might be able to do this is just me being crafty is you mm-hmm. use, like, two-sided tape to keep things down where you want them, then shellac the whole top with, uh, like, a glossy spray paint, and then when that dries, put a matte spray paint on top of it, unless you want it to stay glossy, um, and then resin that. So you'll have this, essentially, layer of of protection of spray paint to keep everything uh, guarded, like, water-guarded, basically, if you use the, the stuff that actually waterproofs. Um, against the resin from seeping into your, you know, cardboard or whatever it is.
0: So I like it. And it is more in line with my original vision. But what I like is also that I can (laughs) do plexiglass for now and then get around to that eventually. Because again, this is plans I've had for years and I just... For whatever reason the week between christmas and new year's i tend to be most productive especially when it comes to cleaning up my office yep. and so this is something that has been on the to-do list for too long and is finally mostly off of it so i just want to if i get the plexiglass i could say it is done enough to call it done and then i can do a second stage and start looking at these resin options
4: very cool very cool
0: did you have anything to sum up uh, the year you've had
4: Oh, uh, yes. Mine was the Year of the Labyrinth.
0: Interesting.
4: Um, similar to Alex's experience with the year of, of just things constantly changing and being in turmoil, uh, I feel like my year has, has changed a lot of times uh, throughout the year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I lived in Indiana, and I worked for Paizo full-time, which was amazing, and we thought we were going to be there for about two to three years um, maybe longer, but at least two to three years. And then all of a sudden, uh, my wife got this new job out here in San Francisco. So we moved during the summer and I had to stop working at Paizo cause I don't have a tax presence in California, which is where two of my monitors went incidentally. Cause those are Paizo monitors. I need to replace oh, them okay. Still.
0: I thought you were saying you had to give them up for tax purposes. <laughs>
4: No, I have to, like the, they were Pisos monitors, but I I had wanted two more anyway, and they were sending me two, and I was like, great, I'll just use yours. Um And now I just I need to buy two more. But now I'm at the tail end of this year, which is like this kind of instability of uh, trying to figure out what my next step of my career is, what my next thing is going to be. And I've got a few good options, and I think they're all fantastic options. I have high hopes for 2024. But I'm still in that last little part, bit of the maze where I'm just I'm trying to get out of the labyrinth. I'm trying to get to whatever is at the center of it. And it's, at this point, it's narrowed down to one of two things. And we're just trying to figure out how to get to that center. Uh, and, that's, and that's where I'm at. And I can't say much more than that because of you know, legal stuff going on in the background. But uh, either way, 24, 20, excuse me, 2024 is going to be a very exciting year. Uh, four monitors included.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to our hopes for 2024 uh in a future topic but for now let's stick yeah. to 2023 dustin how was your year
2: well i have three monitors but i also count my desktop as one like the actual top of my desk as a monitor since there's always an open book on it uh this That's is cheating dustin been the year of ndas for me uh <laughs> It's been a very eventful year because I went from, like, woo, I finally got this job at Paizo, let's see what this is like, to, oh, OGL crisis stuff. Fun! Yeah. Uh, Which has, of course, as everyone now by now knows, has been a mixed blessing of opportunity and crisis. Um, uh, Yeah, like, when I was first hired by Paizo during my interview, I, uh... They asked me, like, what product would you be most excited to work on? And I told them, like, I mean, it's kind of cheating to say this, but it would probably be a core rule book for, like, Starfinder 2 or Pathfinder 3 or something. And, you know, laughed it off, uh, because at that point, I just couldn't imagine working on it, that for many, many years. And then uh, the OGL happened, and it was like, oh, wow, well, that just caused the monkey's paw to curl a little. Uh, looks like <laughs> I do get to work on a new game system. Awesome. Um and yeah working on the the remaster and then working on uh, uh Starfinder 2 um it's been it's been a whirlwind of uh experiences <laughs> a lot of incredible experiences working with some some very 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 skilled people and uh getting to learn more in this last year than uh I have uh, ever before in my Tabletop design development, whatever skills. uh, wow, well, i really butchered that sentence. but I'm really tired. I'm still a little <laughs> sick and uh, tired from Christmas. Um <clears throat> uh plus you know, I moved to Minnesota uh, I mean I've moved twice in the last year, I guess if you count also moving to Redmond and then moving to Minnesota. So yeah, a lot of big changes and uh if anyone out there wants to see my work, you could check it out at starfinderplaytest.com. Uh, for all the latest and greatest Starfinder 2e news and and field test goodness.
0: Um, now, now how sick are you right now? Should I move on, or can I have some follow up questions?
2: Oh, please ask ask away. I'm good. I'm just it's just a occasional uneasiness. Uh, I guess you could say. But no, I'm fine. Please go ahead.
0: And did you only start working at with this year?
2: I'm gonna say, well, as far as Stuff anyone here cares about? Yes. Technically, I started, like, November of last year, okay. but the first month or so is, like, learning, you know, teamwork and, and Slack and, like, style sheets and, like, how to blog your hours and, you know, it's, it's a lot of, there's some onboarding. Um, And then Christmas break, there was, like, little things, like the Angels of the Drift and, and stuff like that, which is the Starfinder comic that I did the back matter of, like, very early on while I was there. But,
0: um... Mm-hmm. That is such a sentence that only makes sense in gaming. Like, oh, it's little things like the angels of the drift. <laughs>
4: <laughs> little uh, things, yeah. Dustin and I were were a cohort back in into summer, yeah or November. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, th- that's more in line with the timeline I pictured. But then the way you were talking about, I was like, was it only a couple of months ago? Like, has Dustin really done that much in that little time?
2: Uh, no, I mean you said for the last year and yes the remaster i've stalked it how i'm shocked both with the remaster and starfinder 2 how much work we've got done in uh the amount of time we've had but uh it's been it's been all guns blazing and uh it, it's kind of amusing because i've been told by uh veterans at the office like it's usually not this crazy like don't don't <laughs> don't don't get scared and i'm just like i wouldn't know <laughs> like this is uh my first office job this is my first BISO job uh this is this is what I know of as normal other than the uh, the Christmas break when nobody was in the office, but, you know. um, So, yeah, it's been uh kind of, yeah, everyone, everyone already has, I mean, everyone I've heard talk at, like, PaizoCon says, when you get hired by Paizo, you'll, like, there'll be some big thing and, you know, you'll hit the ground running. So I've definitely felt that. We'll get back to you for some more stuff, but let's move sure. on right
0: now to Jessica. <laughs> Jess, you've been sitting very patiently. Thank you. How are you doing? How's your year been?
5: Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, 2023 for me was the year that Rage of Elements released. And so that was very exciting. Like Alex was talking about having a project that you're writing where you're basically just uh, engaging in your hyperfixation (laughs) for like money. And that (laughs) is very much what Rage of Elements was for me. Like I... It is wild to me that I had the opportunity to have such a big part of that book in what feels to me like so early in my game design career.
0: Early in your game design career, you're a seasoned veteran at this point.
5: I I I guess like when you look at the like freelancer cohorts, you could say that I am a seasoned veteran of the people who are currently freelancing for Paizo. But when you look at the industry as a whole, it doesn't feel that way. I feel like I'm still in the beginnings of, like, if I want to pursue doing game design full-time, I'm still in the beginning of a journey of uh, what impact I'm going to have on the industry as a whole. But
0: Interesting. I find me, you are one of the more impactful people that I know as far as the time you've been in the industry.
5: Um, And I guess the... um. I guess there is a lot of stuff that the cohort of paizo freelancers that i'm a part of has done in the wider industry as well like when we were a part of pushing for unionization for united paizo workers that was obviously not this year but that was an incredibly impactful thing that myself and other people who are my contemporaries as paizo freelancers were all involved in and it's it's difficult to imagine that we will have a greater impact on the industry than the impact that we had uh, during that organized labor movement. But back to Rage of Elements, <laughs> for me, it is so much like like the ultimate dream project. If I were going to imagine like what is the book that like in your wildest dreams you would want to work on, it would be a book that focuses on the elemental planes, that has the opportunity to write about the elemental planes from the point of view of someone who is actually like a, a native resident of those planes and considers that place home and what their perspective on the elements is. Um, and Rage of Elements to me feels a lot like it is what the planescape uh inner planes book always should have been when what we actually got in planescape for an inner planes book i felt was disappointing compared to the uh great success that like the uh planes of law planes of chaos planes of conflict box sets all were
0: sorry i had a follow-up question and i was looking up what the current term for it is and i'll, I'll just go with what i know uh you talked about how you have appeared on a lot of No Direction's actual play podcasts, and I believe in every single one, you were some kind of planar creature, right? That
5: uh, that is true. Yes.
0: So just like when everything you're talking about, how this is your dream project, just everything I know uh, about you totally reflects that. It's consistent with, with the yeah. characters that I've seen you play. Yeah,
5: yeah, I, I do have uh, a brand that I am maintaining. (laughs) And that is the brand where I play a plain touched character who might have like colorful or rainbow hair and potentially a tail and maybe antlers or horns. And that is the Jessica Redicott brand.
0: (laughs) So now that you've worked on something like Rage of the Elements, like, do you have the next dream project in mind?
5: not really and it feels weird to have that behind me because like obviously there are other things that i will enjoy working on but there there is kind of i have surmounted the thing that is like in my wildest dreams could i potentially do this and i think dustin might understand where i'm coming from with this where like paizo asks you when you're coming on board like in your wildest dreams what would you love to work on and then it's like the first thing that you do at the company and
7: it it can be
5: difficult to imagine what your journey is going to look like on the other side of like the fantasy
0: well I'm uh, in a similar boat because obviously I've been working on the G.I. Joe RPG for the last couple of years and Judge RPG on its own is a hyper fixation of mine but then yeah. in the last couple of years I also got to work on one exclusively dedicated to Sergeant Slaughter and that's a character that like mm-hmm. I have a whole chunk of my collection specifically dedicated to him and then most recently I worked on a book called Ferocious Fighters Factions in Action and it features Tiger Force which is just a sub-genre within G.I. Joe and I've said in the past that I don't have any tattoos but if I ever got one tattoo it would be the Tiger Force logo on my arm so This is not something that I ever expected us to get around to in a world where a G.I. Joe RPG even exists. And now I got to be like the project manager on that book. I got to really flesh out what I like about this generally nonsensical faction within G.I. Joe that just happens to dress like tigers. And yeah, some of the stuff that we managed to fit into that book. Is things that I do not think, uh, not that they shouldn't have been, but just at this point in this game cycle, I'm surprised we've already gotten to that material.
5: I think probably the next like wild imagining of what could possibly be next, like within specifically the sphere of like Paizo freelancing would be whenever it is that we get like the planar adventure path.
1: How have we not had a planar adventure path yet? That's a very good question. We had planar adventures, but not planar adventure Path. Yeah, usually by volume six, there's some kind of planar travel, but like a fully
0: dedicated planar adventure path, especially this being the year Rage of the Elements came out, or Rage of Elements came out, it feels like a a planar adventure path should have been soon behind it. I think every
6: plane is kind of worth its own adventure with its own theming, so that many times the work, they might have one in the works, but...
5: But on the other hand, if Mm -hmm. you had wanted an adventure path to come out alongside Rage of Elements, if you have, like, a standardized format where you have a six-part adventure path, and then you are releasing a book where now instead of four, you have six elemental planes, I mean. Are you pro or con? I'm
0: trying to figure out where that I mean is going.
5: Oh, I just mean, it seems logical that you could have an adventure path that focuses on the inner planes where you spend a full book in each plane because you have six, a six part adventure path to travel across six planes.
0: Now, the one hang up there I can see is that that would mean that one, you would only explore at low levels and then you'd like each one would only get a couple of levels of content exploration. Whereas like that just means that you'd have to pick the one that has the coolest content for that chunk of levels to slot into that order. Like, Do you think that would uh, affect how people approach an adventure path like that? Like the the Um, logistic and the writing side of it?
5: I think that that's more likely than having an adventure path where you jump around. But I think Hmm. the adventure path where you jump around would be the better adventure path. But just logistically, I do think that if a planar adventure path were written it probably would be that you would spend a certain chunk of time on a certain plane and then probably not necessarily jump around a whole bunch
0: and just wrapping up how 2023 went nate how are you doing uh as a
6: year in general, I'll spare you the details, but uh, I would have traded a rerun of 2020 for it Yeah, but fair in enough. terms of, uh, you know, me being dragged kicking and screaming into home ownership via inheritance, but bright side, I was able to keep some writing going, play some fun games, started getting into play-by-post more, and the content releases this year have been really good.
0: The content releases you've worked on or that you've consumed as a customer? Oh, consumed as
6: a customer.
0: Been on a bit of a
6: dry spell lately, but that's okay. Like the elemental book was good because the kineticist is my second favorite class in the entirety of Pathfinder. So it's good that it found its way back as much as I still miss burn. And that's my hill to die
0: on. (laughs) All right. Well, since you've thrown out your second favorite thing, what's your favorite class? Oh, summoner and not even close. And tell me about some of the play-by-post games you've been playing in.
6: Well, I just joined a War for the Crown game that's going Ooh. along pretty well. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it's uh, actually recycling one of my OG society characters for it, too. Uh, funny enough, an APG summoner from, I think it was my Dash One in society way back. So, you know, getting yeah, getting to play around with the idea of, hey, what if this Chalaxian noble actually pursued politics instead of trying to get into the society and then running around raiding tombs
0: and is that a 2 e conversion or are you playing it 1e e? oh 1e e classic
6: which is nice because despite my many many years playing multiple versions of the game i still haven't completed a 1e e adventure path
0: wow yeah i've completed a 1e e adventure oh, path and i've only cool. played in like three four maybe i've played in more than i'm thinking
6: yeah, I've like if you count the smoldering corpses, I have like 30 society characters for one eight. Wow. So I definitely logged in a lot in the game.
0: I think for the sake of those smoldering corpses, we will count them. <laughs> but yeah, overall, been a pretty good year. Starting to
6: fall back down a few rabbit holes like Warhammer 40k, so that'll be fun. I think the next half orc I roll up is gonna be uh have an obnoxious Cockney accent.
3: <laughs>
0: sure, why not? Or full orc because that's a thing now. Thank you, Paizo. <laughs> so yeah, which one would you choose, given the both options? Uh, both options for what? Full oh, orc. Full orc or half orc? Probably
6: full orc because you know you get the flavor, you get the full orciness, and you get to do all the smashing, and all the looting, and all the breaking, and yeah. Also, so I can use one of my. 200 orc miniatures as a base i went way too ham on those guys <laughs> i have a horde army and they're not even good like i get it's fun to lay them on the table but it takes forever to move them and they all just get wiped out due to these obnoxious shooting armies
0: yeah i remember from my water frame or 40k days like i also started with an orc army and uh The idea of having that many orcs on the table is fun and intimidating, and people are usually impressed, you know, when the game starts, and then when your first turn starts, and you have to just move them, you start realizing, maybe I'll get more vehicles, maybe I'll get a couple of biker squads. And then you realize, oh, I have to paint them,
6: all of them, and that's, (laughs) you wonder why I stopped playing the game for half a decade or more.
0: And Esther, you've just joined us, so uh, you haven't missed much. We've been talking about what 2023 meant to us, and of course, we introduced ourselves. So why don't you start with that, remind people who are listening who you are, what you do for the network, and then if you could sum up 2023 as a sentence, 2023 was the year of, what would it be for you?
8: Oh, wow. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Esther. I use she and she pronouns, and I am the co-host of the main No Direction show with Navar Seek Jackson. And if I could sum up 2023 in one sentence, um, 2023 was the year of bittersweet endings and exciting new beginnings.
0: Ooh. You want to focus on some of those exciting new beginnings?
8: I would love to, yeah. Um, so I started hosting No Direction in 2023, which was uh, has been a highlight and has been just very cool. Um, being able to get to meet a lot of folks who make Pathfinder, um, both full time staff and freelancers, has been amazing. Um, getting to make a show with just a really supportive network and staff and with a good friend of mine has been a dream come true. Um, like, how awesome is it that we get to sit down and talk about Pathfinder products frequently? Um, that's amazing. My spouse and I moved to a new home um, on a lake in rural California, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. And I've lived in cities basically my whole life, even though um, some family are from very rural areas, and I've spent a lot of time in rural areas. And I wasn't quite sure how that transition would go. And thus far, I am loving it. Um, We... If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me posting about our bald eagle visitors that come frequently and we get to observe them in all their glory. And that's just been very exciting, very cool. Um, yeah, I uh, went to Big Bad Con for the first time this year and got to meet a lot of uh, cool folks in the network and who work at Paizo, and that was very exciting, um, opened a lot of doors for me, I think, in uh, just getting more into game design and um, meeting more folks in the industry. And that was great fun. Yeah. So those are some of some of the exciting new beginnings.
0: Yeah, we've been really happy to have you on the No Direction podcast. It, it was weird that the No Direction Network didn't have a No Direction podcast for a few months. And I think that you and Navar have like this new perspective and this new like uh energy that really elevated that show uh not that the show was ever bad but it was just it was not a show for a while and that was you know it it felt so weird to me so yeah the the fact that you and navar came in i love listening to it i love getting to know you as i get to know your perspective on pathfinder and you getting to talk to a lot of the Paizo staff for the first time, like this is stuff that a lot of us have started to take for granted. So getting your excitement uh, in that regard has been really exciting.
8: Oh, I'm so glad. Um, I I love getting to know folks like through the medium of podcasts. And so I'm very happy that it feels like you're getting to know me. And I hope both of us as the more we host um, also apologies. If you can hear my dog in the background, she's, um, very emotional right now and wants to contribute to this discussion too but yeah it's been it's been great just the energy of getting to meet folks for the first time and um i hope that people have enjoyed whenever like a show that's been hosted by multiple people changes up i know that can bring like complicated feelings and i hope that folks are enjoying getting to know me and navar and kind of like the perspectives we bring to the show
1: Well, one thing I definitely enjoy about the new style of No Direction is like how well Beyond and Prime complement each other now because they're like honest and pure and lovely. And James and I are basically those Muppets from the Muppet Show who sit in the rafters and just heckle.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Like what a great compliment to each other. <laughs>
0: And with twenty twenty four almost starting, do you have any big plans?
8: I uh, I actually just quit my part time job, um, oh. yeah, which I'm I'm very excited about. It was it was wonderful. I learned so much. I was um, I was doing religious education at a Unitarian congregation, and uh, it was the right time for me to move on and do something new. And so I am I am doing that. And my dog really wants to contribute here. Hi, Matt. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, but so I'm. I'm, It is a party, and I'm excited to uh, to do more podcasting, to like uh, get on an even more regular schedule with producing no direction content, um, to work more on my own actual play and a couple like uh, game design product projects that I am uh, I have been putting off all year in 2023, and I want to focus on in 2024. So I'm excited to do those things and. We'll see where the year takes me.
0: James, I'm going to throw the ball to you. What do you want to talk about now?
3: Um, I want to talk about Battletech. Can you, you guys talk about the miniatures? Ooh,
6: nice. Buddy's trying to get me into that.
3: Oh, it's, Battletech is great in that uh, you don't have that issue where you don't get the touch models that you put on the table. Uh, Battletech has a uh, same turn format, so every action happens uh, simultaneously. So you don't have to wait a whole turn to touch your models and then have to just pull half of them off. Uh, you get to do something, which is always good. It's usually fatal, but you get to do something.
0: How does, how does that work?
3: Oh, so it, it just switches stuff in the phases. So like um, usually if you're even numbers, one person will go, the other person will go, one person will go, the other person will go um, through moving. And then when you get to the phase where you're hitting stuff, you declare attacks, you don't take them. So once all the declarations are made, then you start running through the attacks. And at the end of it, you basically have this big list of things that will end up being damaged at the end of the phase before it transmits to the next one.
0: How many it miniatures sounds... does... Oh, go
3: ahead. Oh, so it sounds super complicated, but it's actually easy once you get the hang of it. Uh, a standard lance is four minis. Um, this game has was from the 80s, like 84. So there's rules for all sorts of things. Um, like fighting in zero G, not as much as mechton zeta or any game like that but you can get pretty wacky with it uh so you can get pretty big um games if you want but we usually play between four and six miniatures which the starter box is also like 60 bucks and it comes with eight minis of all different types uh okay. it's a gr- it's a great new person jump in war game um i mostly got in it through um uh Battletech content creators getting more exposure on platforms um <laughs> And then once I got into it, starting to see all the influence that it put into other game systems uh, has been very rewarding. Because I feel like I was missing part of the sci-fi canon uh, that was uh, filled in there. And somebody who really likes mechs from the start. So, uh, yeah, uh, if I give you all a battle, a battle tech mech, will, will you paint it for me? The, the timeline is very long. I, I can, you could can give it back to me in five years.
0: Okay, so you give it to us, we paint it, we give it to you, and it becomes part of your army?
3: Yeah, yeah, you can paint it however you want. I, I, I just, I want, I want beautiful expressions of you.
1: Can I do one of the ones with the guy that jumps on people's heads that you were telling me about over Boba on Saturday?
3: Yeah, yeah, I could totally do that.
1: Okay, I think it was called the Hunchback, right?
3: Oh, th- I could give you a Hunchback. That's that's kind of what they do. That's not literally what they do, but I can give you a Hunchback. I love Hunchbacks. Hunchbacks have big, uh, big fight people in a parking lot energy.
1: That's, I mean, that that's Philadelphia in a nutshell. I would mean, not like the Philadelphia mech. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm actually getting a, a 3D printer.
4: Oh, I love a fire bat, uh, with one PPC on like an ice planet, just running around, being like, "Who needs heat sinks?" <laughs> <Jerks>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I'm actually getting a 3D printer for for Christmas. I was just waiting until the uh, like end of uh, December there. So if if there's something you want, I will print it out, and eventually I will see you, or we'll see somebody that will see you at a convention at some point. This will happen, and also the mail exists.
4: Like, oh, If could you want you you to give me a Firebat with a PPC, I will, I will
0: be... <laughs> the orders okay. all start flying at James.
3: Hey, I need practice. Please, if okay. it's a little scuffed, just get good. But I just I just want pretty different mechs. I will paint everything the same because I'm a boring man.
0: Okay. Yeah, alright. So you send it to a variety of people and you'll get like the cast of the Pacific Rim.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, the cast of Pacific Rim, Megas XLR... Uh, what what are what are some other just mecha shows? Which is that's it.
0: Those are the only stuff. two mecha
1: shows. <laughs> you ever you ever see that meme of like World War II guy looking at a pinup in his tent, and it's like a a World War II like Rosie the Riveter picture, and then like World War Three is like an anime nerd looking at his anime pinup. That's gonna be me, but your hunchback is gonna be covered with fox fox tails and shit. It's gonna be great. I'm so excited.
3: I'm I'm so ready for it. Also, uh, there was a Battletech cartoon in 1994. And is exactly as terrible as you would expect a cartoon from 1994 to be. You know, it that is... reminds... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead.
6: I was going to say, that actually reminds me. I did get into Armored Core 6 recently, so I've definitely been hitting that mecha vibe. And some of the meme builds people have made. Megas XLR, <laughs> colors included, is a mech that someone made in Armored Core. Someone made <laughs> a mech based on Mr. Krabs. <laughs> And it's oh,
3: terrible, and I love it. I love. I played an adventure path. I played a rap and ethic for I think four levels with actual Mister Krabs as a skinwalker.
1: It's very good. I love that. I story. took the
3: the the treasure seeking uh gloves, goggles, whatever, give you treasure scent. Uh, I was a sailor. I protected people by getting them on my boat, and I died by falling into lava because I was greedy. It was it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. Mister Krabs role play. <laughs>
1: No, Mr. Squidward.
3: Me money! Remember me, buy me money!
1: But I'm taking it with me into the pot.
6: <laughs> but why did you join a second adventuring party?
3: Money! <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have money, of course. <laughs> and it's weapon right. ethic. Wap ethic, everybody dies.
0: So James, I am going to take you up on it. If you send me a mini to paint, I will try and paint it for you this year.
3: Oh, like I said, timeline is, is very, is very loose. It could be, uh, take your time. No rush.
0: As long as quality is also loose, then I'm your man.
3: Oh, if you color in Sharpie, it will be put on the table the same as everything else. (laughs) I'm not going to discriminate. If you want to do glitter paint,
0: I'll take it. Oh, I have a lot of glitter paint.
3: (laughs) I know you do. You got two girls.
0: (laughs) Uh, Vanessa, what's got you excited lately?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, I'm getting to play a lot in games that aren't actual plays, which is strangely satisfying. Actual plays are great because you know everyone's hyper-focused and no one's, like, on their phone and messing around because it's a show and everyone has to be focused on what's happening. Uh, so there's a little bit of that, but it also means, like, you can't just do stupid things and references and dumb jokes because, you know, there's this, this an actual play. You have to be serious. You have to make it good it's cinematic uh and instead you can just make <laughs> stupid pfs characters that do dumb things and it's just it's wonderful um i'm getting back into pathfinder society for the first time in a couple Ooh. years uh since nice. second edition came out basically i had to dust Ooh. off my 2000-1 character and everything and be like oh i've got a whole level of experience how about that and play uh, local or online Plan uh, plan local. Nice. Um, San Francisco has a much better Pathfinder Society scene than rural Indiana, so What? <laughs> I know No way. Uh, I it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Surprise I mean, boy face.
4: And and a local group even convinced me to run a, a game of a uh, of Ruby Phoenix. So Ooh, we're nice. gonna do fist of the Ruby Phoenix starting in January, and that's gonna be freaking awesome. Um there is I'm just going to say this. There is a specific... I'm trying to figure out how to do it without being spoilery. Mm-hmm. There is a specific arena map um, that I really want to make 3D terrain out of. And if you have played it or GM'd it, you probably know which one it is. Uh, because it is one of the only ones that would highly, highly benefit from 3D terrain. And I think it's going to be excellent. I've, I've already watched a lot of, like... Um, other oh, people who design houses... Architects, architects? Uh, like mm-hmm. you know, architects make th- little tiny models of the houses, and they're really good mm-hmm. at doing like fine detail stuff. With yes, I did that pour. for three
2: years. It sucked. Uh,
4: cool, cool. <laughs> I'll I'll ask you for uh, tips then. But I've been watching Architect How to Make Miniature YouTube videos to figure out how to make this thing, and it's gonna be it's gonna be very cool. I'm very excited.
0: Nice. What's uh, your PFS character gonna be?
4: Oh my gosh! Um, I have. Uh Mama Millicent. Um she's a <laughs> like a, a former laborer who never got to see the world and lived in Absalom her whole life. So after retirement she joins the society just to get to see stuff. Um but it turns out she's, you know, six foot something and carries a big hammer and knows how to swing it. So she's my very basic human fighter and she's probably the one I have the most fun with. Cause I don't know, I do a bad southern accent and Swing a hand, like non non-determinate state for those of you wondering exactly which which version of a southern accent uh, none of them. It's,
8: I was it's, gonna it's... say I I as as a resident southerner I would love to hear the bad southern accent well You know
4: I, I I'm Mama Millicent and uh hey you know what I just want to have a good time so I think we're all gonna go out there we're gonna see what these uh you know what what these bandits are about and maybe they're just misunderstood people we don't have to you know rustle them up but. Hey, if they come at us, I got this big hammer for a reason. Amazing.
0: I also love, and James did the same thing earlier when he was talking about his accent. When people talk about the accents they use, nobody says they just use that accent. They're like, it's a bad such and such accent.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's to protect yourself from criticism.
4: Right. And anytime (laughs) someone's like, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, look. This is a fantasy world that doesn't exist. So somewhere (laughs) on Galarian, this is an accurate representation of an accent from that region.
1: (laughs) My favorite is whenever I do dwarves in my home Starfinder game. I I always use a German accent instead of a Scottish accent and they get so mad at me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) My favorite accent for dwarves that I did accidentally the first time, but now it is just like the go-to move is to do, like, a Midwestern Minnesota accent for dwarves. (laughs) What does that
6: sound like? Because I live in Minnesota, and it's all normal speak to me. Mm -hmm. Right,
5: see, I have the same problem, because I live in Canada, but in Manitoba, which is the part that is, like, directly above Minnesota. But a lot of it is just, like, going hard into the, the regionalisms of the, like, well... And then, you know, you gotta do, like, your knee smack, and...
0: Is your character constantly leaving?
5: There's, there's a lot, you know, it's just... It's just... <laughs> Sometimes a dwarf is constantly leaving, but it takes like four hours to actually leave after you declare that you're... Uh, the Minnesota
6: goodbye, yeah. See? You see?
5: <laughs> You've got somewhere to be, but you're also, you know, a weird dwarf. And this is just the way that it is for you. You announce that you're going to leave, but, uh, you know, I'll be damned if this NPC is going to leave this room first. The player characters are going to get fed up and they're going to leave.
0: Amazing. All right, Scott has joined us. This is Scott Young, right?
7: Yes, indeed. How's it going? It's our Scott. Yay. How are you doing, Scott? Hi. Hi. I'm doing really well. been uh, away for a bit, but saw saw the, the thing and figured I'd pop in and say hello. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all that stuff.
0: Happy Holidays to you too. What are you looking forward to in 2024?
7: Uh, it not being 2023—that's probably well, the big thing. Good news. Um, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's been—it's been a long, strange year, but um, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm getting back into. Um, running more uh, Pathfinder Society stuff. We've got a convention coming up in January that I'm taking the lead on again after not running any face-to-face convention stuff for a while. So that's pretty cool. It's nice. It'll be nice to get people at tables and, and run the um, learn to play Pathfinder stuff for all the new folks that are coming in. Uh, um, and and some of the new folks will be the old folks that just never moved over to 2E. We're going to try and get those folks in and, and uh, have them play in a, a nice big game with lots of... Uh, flashy terrain and stuff like that and then say by the way this is second edition and uh we'll pull them in that way
0: Oh you don't want to just be upfront and honest about it
7: Well we 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 tried that and there's a few holdouts that are still now yeah, you know, no most people we will in fact uh, just tell them that it's second e because uh, that's what most people want to play but there's a there's a few of our um uh used to be very active GMs that uh we're trying to lure back to to running and they only run want to run first edition, which is kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's wonderful to have them run it, but no one's signing up for the tables because right. everyone wants to play 2E. So,
0: yeah. So they'll sit down and you'll remove the mask for your GM screen. It's the 2E GM screen.
7: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything will be all hidden. And, uh, you know, the, the manacles will come out of the chair arms and hold them in place while we teach them about action economy and stuff like that no it'll <laughs> it, it's just going to be nice to get back out in front of uh in front of real people again and, and was, do all that I kind gonna of stuff
4: I say, there's probably a more diplomatic way to teach people the system
6: no no no, i like the bait and switch i can imagine they sit down look at their character sheets and say wait a minute why does it say ancestry and then it slowly dawns
4: the
1: camera pans <laughs> in their shocked face with that weird horror movie lens <laughs> i don't know That's if little
4: diamonds on everything
1: I don't know if I came to a table expecting to play one game and the GM switched it up on me. I would just leave. I wouldn't stay for. Yeah, that.
7: no, we we're we're not actually going to do that in a convention setting. It's just a, there's a few folks that we're really trying to convert over that uh, have been very resistant. And um, see, I don't I like most-
1: the language of convert though. That that gives me bad vibes. Uh, I think that if you want him to play, you should sit down, you should explain why other people want the game, and then just say, this is what it's going to be. We'd like you to join us. But if you don't want to play, you don't have to. Like, um, James is someone that uh, I have been trying to get to play too. And James sat down and we did a little bit of Age of Ashes. And by the end of it, we all kind of came to the agreement that at the time, it wasn't, second edition wasn't for that group. And, you know, we just stopped. But like, I... I don't know. I don't like the idea that you oh we gotta convert them. We gotta change everybody to do the thing we want. That that feels kind of gross to me, and I'd appreciate if the language around that changed. Would you
0: have another word that you can throw in there? Another verb for it?
1: Offer to run a different game? Or maybe just don't. Well that's say clunky. That I'm we want ch- a
7: word. Entice. Maybe Ooh, yeah,
1: entice.
7: Entice is a good one.
0: Yeah. All right. So you got to entice some GMS to try the new the new edition,
8: like the word invite, um, because people can turn down an invitation, and an mm. invitation can remain open. Uh, and yeah, I feel like I feel like conversion can have some some baggage around it, uh, and can carry a little bit of resentment. And invitations are something that uh, are a little bit more open.
0: And Scott, have you tried cookies?
7: Uh, actually, that was the first thing I tried. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and they yeah, said no, no cookies. You go, you go, with food first for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, okay. it, it's um, it's been an interesting uh, an interesting year in terms of uh, you know we've had a bunch of new folks join in, and uh, essentially we're we're rebuilding our local um, society lodge almost from scratch with just a few veterans around um, as all the stores have reopened and stuff like that. So. It's, uh, it's opportunities to run all sorts of new things. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can entice them back. And if not, obviously we're not gonna, there's nothing you can do about it. If someone just doesn't want to play but
0: yeah, as far as I know, there is no Pathfinder Society scene in Montreal anymore. The stores that used to run it are gone. And then the change of editions, you know, that has an impact on the community and nobody became the alpha to. Try and like wrangle up a new uh, group of people to play the game. So uh, yeah, I, unless there's something that I'm just not aware of, the the Pathfinder Society is oh, just today. not a Montreal thing anymore.
1: Yeah, dude, Ryan, I have a fun story about something like that. Go on. So before the pandemic hit, I was a venture agent, and I ended up retiring because of it. Uh, my store was 45 minutes away. I would have to take the turnpike to get there every single week that I ran. And when it was over, I was just like, you know what? I've, I valued having that two hours of my life still there. And like, you know, my, my time needs changed. So I ended up dropping it. And what ended up happening was like a year or two, a year, year and a half ago is uh, a kid uh he at the time he was probably like it, it was it was eric james he's like 16 yeah, 17, like 16, running. 17 yeah. yeah going going to our first edition games and he came up to me he's like yeah i'm done college now and i want to be the new venture agent can i hmm. can i do that can i have like the stuff you were using And i'm like yeah sure here's the login passwords here's the stuff go for it so now uh, that store has second edition, and it's fun. It feels like a nice passing to, like, the next crowd. I'm like, I don't have time for this right now, but, like, you do. You're young. You you can do the commute. Please take over. It was really nice.
0: And uh, so Van is also in the chat here, and he just weighed in that, yeah, he's also in Montreal, and he runs everything online because just the local scene, That's that's what's happened to the local scene, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, the language barrier on top of it doesn't help and uh yeah uh game stores in general they're kind of spread out we've got a couple downtown and a couple of off the island but nothing in my area right now everything like you said a 45 minute drive alex i think that's about what i would have to face for my nearest game store
1: yeah see and i don't have two daughters and a wife that i need to worry about and like plan my day around i just value my time so like i double think that that's appropriate for you you have to give give it two years yeah. Uh, not
3: not not about not about children, but give it 2 years cuz people are going through a renaissance of playing games like Magic that are like high earners for stores and eventually those players want to do other things and then you'll see tabletop's I think come back.
1: Mm. I'm wondering how that's going to be with all like the the Wizards of the Coast Magic drama we've seen over the past year. That that's been one thing that I've been watching. I feel like this has been the year of like industry shakeups and like just major blunders from some of the biggest names in the industry. Oh, it's
6: been
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, this is the year of the drama. Yeah. <laughs> like, we started it with, with the OG Hell. Yeah. And then, like, it, it just, like, it seemed like every other month, Wizards of the Coast was just
2: I mean, if dripping. you want to talk with Wizards, I, I would even argue it kind of started last summer with the Magic 30th anniversary and the, the fake proxy cards being sold in the $300 booster packs. And... And the announcements of all the uh like universe beyond high-end collaborations with like sock companies.
0: Um <laughs> Justin, are you suggesting it was smooth sailings for Magic players up until mid last year? Oh, no, year? of course
2: not. Oh, don't get me wrong. I remember one year for uh, a core release that everyone was complaining about the rules changes. I made a fake tombstone, and I wrote on it, <laughs> Magic the Gathering. And then I wrote every year from the year Magic came out to that year, a reason why I've heard people say this will be the death of Magic. Like, it had all the old drama on it, like Chronicles, white-bordered cards. Like, it was, it was great. Everyone got a really good laugh out of that. Uh, then a little bit of a cry because we're also. I mean, there's the old line of, uh, people would... Com- if Wizards of the Coast put $100 bills in booster packs, players would complain about how they're folded.
6: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: Not to say the complaints we've all had this last year or two have been unfounded, because they haven't been. There's been some some serious problems. Um, I mean, problems enough that Wizards came out and apologized and said, yeah, these are problems. We're yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. Jess, what, really what are you excited about for next year? Oh, me? Well, um... Oh, well, I
0: said Jess, but sure. Go ahead, Dustin.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I was... Yeah. Oops. Um, okay, I'll just go you ahead go then. first. Sure. I'm really excited, uh, for... Right now, because I've been working, uh, the last couple of days on my home campaign, I'm really excited to play around in the planes of metal and, and wood. Um... And use all the Rage of Elements stuff because I started my campaign as very elemental themed, and then Rage of Elements was announced and came out. So it all has kind of blended in nicely, including like having a great moment in the campaign where the planes of wood and metal could be easily introduced. Is like, they're back. Ah, let's all do cool stuff. Um, but don't get me wrong, my biggest excitement is Starfinder 2e playtest coming out like at Gen yeah. I'm gonna be like, I, I really hope i can make it to gen con um even if i can't just seeing people play and talk about it and, and it, whatever is is gonna be amazing and touching
1: his real favorite du- thing du- is dustin? getting ready to traumatize my poor player character with the planes of wooden metal
5: yeah dustin <laughs> i appreciate that you said that what you're actually most excited for is the starfinder playtest, but i'm gonna choose to pretend you didn't say that and i'm gonna just <laughs> hold in my heart that you, while working on Starfinder 2, the thing you are most excited about is in fact Rage of Elements. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk mean... <laughs> that away in my heart and keep that forever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I finally got to run this big boss fight a couple weeks ago that I've been planning for for a long, long time, where the PC's like unlocked a big chunk of Altrea, the Lambit King, and, and like all this deep Pathfinder lore and like elemental yes. planar lore. So I'm like, yes. I'm still so really excited and thrilled about that. Um,
1: and it's been
2: a nice hasn't... break from from Space Elves. Don't get me wrong, I love my Space Elves, I love Starfinder to death, but, you know, having a week of, of being off work. I, I, all my vacation days, I've, I've kind of saved up for this last couple of weeks, so I'm really enjoying um, just working on my own home stuff.
1: Would you believe that he hasn't taken a single action to shoot my poor player character with an advanced space gun yet in our home Pathfinder game? I don't Not a it. single bullet wound in my character's fragile body. Coward! I All mean, right, it's a pretty sandboxy
2: game. If, if you go looking for it, you know, you might find it.
0: Let's try this one more time. Jess, officially, your turn.
5: So what was the question?
8: What are you excited <laughs> about for the new year?
5: Oh, um... I have some, like, some work that I can't talk about that I'm pretty excited for. I think uh, some of the people here might have some idea of what that might be.
0: And that's all-encompassing? Your entire life is revolving around everything NDA'd?
5: Ooh, well, you know, kind of. I mean, that's what Dustin said. There's the NDA's past, NDA's present, and NDA's future. That's kind of just the way that it is.
0: Did they all visit you last night to try and set you on a proper yeah. course?
5: Of course, yeah. <laughs> that was
0: nice of them. <laughs> but is there anything That's you'd like to... That's
5: a word you could use. Oh uh, No, um, yeah, I have some projects that I'm excited to work on that I can't discuss explicitly at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also excited... Uh, I'm running a Strength of Thousands game, and I'm, I'm excited for nice. the player characters to finally uh, finish their perquisite. And like maybe get into something that isn't like the first 10 pages of the adventure. That'll be very exciting.
0: (laughs) That is the most intimidating thing about that adventure path. I feel like it would take 10 years.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I like. That they're taking their time with it, and it's led to some really great roleplay. And I imagine that it's going to continue to be pretty slow because I really want to give them the opportunity to do all of that, like interpersonal roleplay, or like getting to know the other student NPCs and the teacher NPCs. And so I'm glad that it is taking kind of a slower pace that lets them focus in on the like smaller roleplay moments of what they're doing. But, I, I mean, we're also going to be playing this adventure for, I don't know, like the rest of our lives at this rate.
0: <laughs> Honestly, as much as I am fascinated by that adventure path, I can never see myself joining it just because of how long it would take. I would much right. sooner play uh, Fist of the Ruby Phoenix just because I know, you know, that's one tournament and then you're done.
5: Yeah, and it's also, a yeah. even even if you were to just like blaze through strength of thousands and just run the things that are written and like move past all of the like student roleplay stuff uh it's still like ruby phoenix is a three part and strength of thousands is a six part
1: you know my ap dream play slash run not sure which yet would definitely be season of ghosts if you've read any part of that one okay. oh my gosh
7: yeah it looks awesome
1: oh like the it looks so it like from what i've read of from it very i'm cool. mm, very, very cool.
4: good yeah, what, I you, v, what are you excited That's about lately okay. oh gosh um like jess i have some nda stuff but a lot of it should be uh coming out or announced sometime in 2024 so uh, some stuff that i've written some stuff that i was developer on in my time at paizo uh that i you know i don't I don't work there anymore so i'm not going to see the final product until y'all see it um and i'll be just as excited to see how it turned out so um there's you know there's stuff i'm excited for there um i'm excited to be running fist of the ruby phoenix it should take significantly less time than strength of thousands yeah Yeah. um which is good because i i think i would get burned out on a six booker right now but that one's really fun i i already have all of the like battle bestiary cards and stuff for it like i've wanted to run that one so it's not a big deal uh and um i'm excited for some career stuff that i can't talk about yet um that is gonna kind of you know blow it all wide open i can't say more than that it's going to be big so um i'm really excited for that and uh i think it's going to be i think it's going to be an exciting year yeah let's
0: see nate i don't believe i've asked you what you are looking forward to right now what are you excited about
6: well now that things have stabilized in the home life i want to get back to writing more personal projects i mean As we mentioned before recording, I've created a lot of raw content for the blog, for the site, and I figure I could use some of that, ball it up together. My short-term dream project is to actually write a Pathfinder Society scenario length adventure that I could just throw out for free. I just, you know, have to teach myself how to take it from a Word document to a fancy schmancy uh, PDF.
0: Oh, we got lots of tutorials for that.
6: You know, I'll have to Mm -hmm. hit you up later for that. And uh, besides that, and uh, definitely going to keep going on with the blog and already cooking up some absolutely disgusting opinion takes to throw on there. I'm thinking, for one, fighters aren't real. And two, (laughs) fighters aren't real. And
4: Wait, wait, no, no, explain. Hold on.
6: I want to spoil it. But uh, yeah,
4: you'll have to check out the
6: blog when it goes live. <laughs> whenever it goes live. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, it's okay. more of a design. It's more of a design theory kind of deal. Okay. And uh, also, everybody owes the APG Summoner an apology.
4: What? Well, <laughs> I want. I want to. I want to see that one too.
6: The short version is, Druids,
1: seriously.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: Mm. I'm going to use Seek to try to disbelieve the fighter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Valoros slowly fades.
1: Valoros realizes
6: he was a dual-wielding ranger the entire time.
5: That's right.
6: That explains the bow, but not the metal. (laughs) He took Sentinel. Everybody does.
0: So uh, I'm not surprised that you've got plans to try to turn some of the things you've been working on into a single unified product, because reading over your blog, like, long term, kind of feels like watching a season of What If? And it's like, oh, there's a meta plot here, isn't there? Like, these things connect in weird ways. I, I, I haven't pushed it as much,
6: but that whole subplot with the caricature of the author having a one sided, unrequited rivalry with the god of evolution. I I plan on taking that somewhere. Mm. Of course, I may have to wait for Starfinder second edition because, you know, what's the point in doing 1E when by the time it's done?
0: Uh, all right, James just sent me a private message. He says he doesn't know how to leave without making the Discord exits uh, noise. So, James, just go for it. What uh, You
1: can say okay. some goodbyes. Plug anything yeah. you want to plug. Yeah, I got to.
3: I actually got a bounce to too.
1: the The only train back to Philadelphia is leaving like now.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, me. I just assumed you're at home. Oh, I thought we're not doing this. Never.
0: You said oh, we were, no, on right. we're Never together. mind. Oh, all right. Enjoy your train ride back home, Alex.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just one last confusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays.
3: Cast... Happy holidays, James. Happy holidays. Thanks,
4: Hi. I just cast greater teleport. It makes it a lot easier.
6: I just manifest out of people's walls. Say hi and then go back. <laughs> oh
4: my gosh. That sounds like a horror movie.
0: <laughs> so, uh, one thing I always wanted to do was design a monster that could pass through walls, but like his main attack was to bull rush people into the wall and then pass through them and the wall. So you just Have got it... smashed and then they're gone.
4: Oh, you could Have totally it... do that. Have
0: it do only corners and call it like the bowl of Tyndalos. <laughs> right? I am not smart enough to understand that rash Prince doesn't. Or, you know,
6: maybe he oh pulls God, people in it. the walls with him and then just stops halfway.
7: Yeah. Oh,
0: man, that's even that's... better.
7: Transmute wall to mud.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my favorite I... nonsense moments was we were running up the stairs. It was like book six of an AP. We were right leading up to the, the boss fight. We were running up a stone staircase and I'm like, and I cast stone to flesh. And just the, oh. the awful visual of us tearing through it. this skin-based staircase for no reason.
2: Oh, no. Meat wall.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously, I didn't mean it. Eat through the, the wall. moment was there.
6: But have you tried the playing god combo? Tell me more. You cast... Well, you get some stone. You could easily cast Wall of Stone. Then you cast the stone-shaped spell to shape it like a creature... Mm-hmm. Then you cast stone to flesh to turn it into a, you know, inanimate mass of flesh. And then, and then the it inanimate just mass... flops on the ground in a mess. Yeah, Yeah, but here's the fun part. It is close enough to a living creature that the polymorph object spell from 1E is permanent.
0: All right. This is why you're not allowed to play summoners.
2: See, what you I mean. do is, is is you cast Spider Climb and you climb on the wall so the so the ground is now a wall. And then you cast Transmute Stone to Flesh and you turn the earth into flesh.
0: <laughs> uh, surely there is some kind of poundage limit on that spell.
2: You find area. You find a print of the of the of the core rulebook in which they forgot to list it, and you bribe your GM to turn the planet into meat
6: nice
4: wow that reminds me of uh, in first edition I had a character who tattooed an airship to his chest with this (laughs) magical tattoo set because it said an object and there was no (laughs) size or weight restriction you could tattoo an object to your flesh and store it there for later use
0: (laughs) and then when that didn't work you just bought an airship
4: it did. I bought an airship, and then I tattooed it to my flesh so that I could teleport around with, like, an airship. And then when he needed the airship, I would just summon it forth from the chest of this uh, very handsome gambling man. And uh, and then he had an airship.
5: That's why uh, that's nice. the tattoo. I
0: know. The tattoo didn't yeah. have to be to scale, did it?
4: No. Didn't say anything about it. All right. Just magically storing an an object on your own body in the form of a tattoo.
0: A castle. You
7: know, we should object, be the right? people
0: that are most sympathetic of like those. Clearly, the intent is of a certain <laughs> size, and yet we are the worst. We are the ones that are obviously going to exploit the things that we should know better. No, that can be great because you know you say a castle is an object, right?
6: Then you fly yes. above the enemies, and you're like, hey, uh, they all need to make a reflex save. <laughs>
4: What are you doing? I'm dropping the house on him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So as the GM in that situation, I would go into extreme detail about the weird feelings of having your tattoo turn into a house as it then plummets down a hundred whatever, however far the distance is.
2: Just allow it, but remind them if if they could do it, so can your enemies and they're watching you and learning.
0: (laughs) That too. Also, that's a good way to populate an area. Yeah, no. I mean,
6: look, some people That's actually how our with...
7: city was designed, I think
6: oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look some people fight with swords and bows and little spells, I fight with the housing market
0: <laughs> Drop a house on people in this
4: economy? Yeah, that's way too expensive, <laughs> just find a really big rock
0: Drop some logs Dustin, why are you typing your comments instead of sharing them? <laughs>
8: I'm just used
2: to that, okay? Okay. For those wondering, I just wrote, we built this city. We built this city on rules, lawyers. See, it wasn't worth saying.
4: No, it it was. But you really should have committed, is all I'm saying. (laughs) That is one thing I miss in Pathfinder 2nd Edition uh, from 1st, is the way you could completely break the game to do really dumb stuff that was never intended nor wanted at the table. (laughs)
0: It really was. Heck How dare game. they make a balanced game? I know. 1E e really was the
6: game of all time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of it is just because so much of the rules elements were never intended for players, since monsters and players had to kind of operate the same way.
5: Yeah, You can oh, elevate so. that experience as well if you insist on playing Pathfinder 1E with all of the 3.5 books, Oh and yeah. all of the 3.0 books. Uh-huh. Madness.
0: Including like the April Fool's editions of Dragon Magazine. That, that
5: that is when you really get into the weeds of like asking your GM if you can take something, and then they like look at you and they just say, like, do you want the
4: enemies to also have access to this option?
5: Yes,
2: yes. chicken and fast. Uh-huh. Every enemy Bring it on. all the time. Bring it on. Yeah.
4: It reminds me of the silly day I made uh, like a Half giant monkey grip something in three point five, that could wield a monkey a, grip. Yeah, yeah, that could wield a oh uh, like gigantic quarter staff that did sixty six damage or something. <laughs> it was basically uh, this this monk would pull a tree out of the ground and say, "This is my quarter staff," and swing that redwood around. Oh man, it was so dumb. <laughs> also, my
2: favorite, my favorite, was the Titan Bloodline. Let you wield a gargantuan great hammer, war hammer. Uh, but only a gargantuan warhammer you can't wield a, a large warhammer you can't wield a gargantuan <laughs> axe so I made a pixie an atom an no. uh so it's a tiny creature and oh and you could wield it one-handed so I'm dual wielding gargantuan great great hammers or uh, warhammers as this tiny three inch tall pixie. <laughs> And and you <laughs> know they get a shrink object at will so they could just shrink the war hammers into cloth and then like wear them like a dress and I get a transformation sequence and I just like roll around with these giant hammers it's great.
4: Wow. <laughs> the closest I've come to that is a, a planned character for second edition that uh, a friend of mine came up very close to, but I'm going to do anyway, which is a sprite like a little tiny sprite that has the is a giant instinct barbarian. So. Yes when you finally do really get frustrated about whatever and she's going to be an envoy so she's like very diplomatic and when she gets really Mm. frustrated she grows to large size (laughs) and starts smashing things up
7: awesome
4: i mean if you if you
2: wait for sf2 to come out you could you know take the the envoy dedication and and play it all out completely
4: oh totally I, i was just like I don't know, I I like going against type when when possible, and so oh, I totally. just think it'd be hilarious to be like the face of the party, and don't tell people what you're playing, and it's like, eh, she's got, you know, a long spear, or whatever, and that's fine. And then all of a sudden, just...
2: <laughs> rage.
4: Just rage, out, and take yeah. up all the space.
0: <laughs> yeah, We're I'm at like... about half past, I want to make sure that everyone has a chance to get their last comments in, so I'm going to say Esther... What are some of your 2024 goals? They could be professional goals. They could be network related. What do you want to make 2024 for you?
8: Ooh, um, this is going to be really broad, but basically just chase things that I enjoy working on that really excite me. Uh, As far as network goals, um, I want to have like just more people on the show that I get to meet for the first time. Um, There's so many folks that we still haven't talked to uh, who either haven't been on the show at all or who have been before, but we haven't met yet. And uh, my goal is to talk to more of them um, to make a couple actual plays, uh, some Pathfinder, some not, and to uh, work on more NDA projects. I, actually have some that I am not allowed to talk about yet, but we'll be excited to one day. And I hope to have some more of those in 2024.
0: Can you give me a hint what non-Pathfinder APs you'd like to to run?
8: Yeah. So I am actually, uh, I'm part of another network called the Rainbow Roll Network, which is a queer and trans led actual play show. Um, network of, of shows that support each other. And we're doing a pilot jam right now. And my idea is to run a game that is a little spicy in some ways called Bluebeard's Bride, uh, focusing uh, on uh, disability and the body and gender. And I'm very excited about this idea. Uh, so that's my like main one that I'm planning right now. I have a couple others on the the back burner of my mind.
0: Nice. All right, Scott, how about you? What's twenty twenty four look like in you know best case scenario?
7: Well, I've got a few uh, few NDA projects coming up as well, um, Excellent. but I want to get back in into actual play. Um, I've been actually I've been listening to um, the Dice of Thunder podcast has been running through uh, Outlaws of Alkenstar, which uh, Vanessa wrote the first ver- uh, volume and I wrote the second volume, and it's just a really re inspired me about the whole actual play. Um, format uh it's just been great to look, to uh to go through so i want to get back into that and uh i also have a couple of uh pathfinder infinite uh products that i'd like to take from the almost finished document through sort of you know the the process of making it look pretty and all that kind of stuff and actually get it out onto the market so a whole bunch of things like that
0: so dice of thunder is a podcast that i started and i thought i got a decent clip into it, but in my podcast addict, it says that I only got through two episodes. Uh, I do find that a lot of my regular podcasts have been infrequent lately. So I might add that back into my rotation. Cause I was enjoying that.
7: Yeah. They've been, uh, they've been weekly for uh, over a year now. So
0: I'll try not to let that intimidate me. Uh, Dustin, how about you? You're muted, Dustin. Dustin?
2: Why did I say, oh, I am, when you said I'm muted, as though you <laughs> can hear that? Uh, uh, the question was, well, what I'm excited about again?
0: Or, uh, no, sorry. it's uh, 2024
2: goals. Oh, goals. Yeah, I actually, God, I got to do that professionally with uh, with thirsty in a meeting uh, in a few weeks, so I should probably think that up a little bit more. <laughs> um, uh, I want to get through, uh, all my books that I got and, and wait for them to be announced and, and see where they get through. Um, I, uh, I'm so sorry. Go to somebody else for now.
0: Sure. Nate, how about you? Uh,
6: 2024. Uh,
2: I already said the,
6: let's see, bad takes, work on my own projects. Uh, right. other than that, Kind of try to get some thoughts together. I've actually thought about messing around and maybe even doing some podcasting myself, but it's one of those, like, I don't know. I have a bunch of topics I love to ramble about, and if you ever catch me at society, just bring up the right thing and I'll go longer than we're allowed to be in the store. (laughs) So it definitely, I just need to find, like, the right vibe and maybe the right co-host to bounce off of. Could be fun.
0: Uh, Vanessa did I ask you yet
4: um I don't know
0: uh <laughs> me neither I was starting to go off the rails
4: my, I don't know, because so many things are sort of hidden behind confidentiality agreements uh yeah. it's hard to say but I'd say personally the one thing I really want is stability um and and I think I, I will get it but it's been a it's been a challenging time as as some of you know i'm married to an academic and one thing that they don't tell academics until after you've already graduated is you'll probably be moving all over the place because you have to go where the job is Mm. there's only so many universities out there and only so many of them are hiring at any given point in time and uh it's just been moving from one state to the next every few years and it's it's exhausting um my wife finally has her tenure track position yay so we should be in san francisco hopefully forever um, and I'm just I'm really looking forward to finally feeling like comfortable to sit down Roots again and know that I'll i will be here for a while. So I'm I'm really looking forward to stability. Um, finding like that, you know, I'm, I'm running Fist of the Ruby Phoenix and I kind of hope that group becomes my new home group, you know, where I, well, we play in person and this is the group we run with um, because I just I haven't had that in 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 like a decade almost um i haven't had it since i lived in pittsburgh and even then it was sort of like mostly just a pathfinder society group um and so i'm I'm really looking forward to to just some stability where i i know what i can expect from life and and find an equal stride that's not going to change as soon as i i find it
0: yeah, something that I'm hoping to do a little more in 2024 is get a regular gaming group going. And it looking like I might be doing it with my kids and my niece and nephew because my brother says that the, my niece has a, a Dungeons & Dragons group at her school that she's been interested in. And so he was asking me for some options of like kid-friendly stuff that he could run in. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I could run something he said he wanted to play in it, which is cool because none of my brothers have ever been into role-playing games. And yeah, like I said, the Montreal scene is kind of dry right now and mm. just personally I haven't had a gaming group in a couple of years basically since I went full time with the uh, writing the Essence 20 stuff. Uh, I have been gaming so little lately it's ridiculous so I do hope 2024 becomes a game a year where I've got a little bit more regular gaming in my life. Yeah, totally. I, I think, I know it's a little earlier than we said but I think it's a good time to wrap things up so why don't we go uh, just any last shout outs or, uh, where people can find you. So, oh, Alex is gone. James is gone. So Vanessa, where can people find you online?
4: Yeah, I think the easiest place is actually on blue sky, including the big blue moth. Uh, now, um, I am at game designer ninja over there, and that's probably the best place to find me online. Uh, I definitely try to engage with folks as much as I can. And, uh, yeah, I guess that, that's, that's all I really have to say at the moment.
0: I did not know what you were talking about with the big blue moth, but yeah, it's they changed it's their blue sky's logo. new logo.
4: Yeah. They did a big update where it's now uh, publicly readable. You can change your own settings to be uh, private to the public. So people have to be logged in to see your content. Um, but it's finally become a bit more accessible as like a major, um, like a major marketing hub um, for announcements and information and things like that, because because you can now see content without being logged in, which is cool. Cool. Yeah. Dustin,
0: where can people well, find you online?
2: Yes, you could find me everywhere, including Blue Sky with Kitsune Warlock. You could find all my new stuff coming out at starfinderplaytest.com. Uh, and you could find my Discord where we talk about all the cool stuff on Pathfinder Infinite coming out, including guides and collaborative spaces for people to write their own Pathfinder PDFs and products at infinite.net.
0: Jessica?
5: I am on the social medias as Tectonomancer, T-E-C-T-O-N-O-M-A-N-C-E-R. Blue Sky is the only social media that I'm currently making new posts to, so obviously there I'm tectonomancer.bsky.social, but I do have accounts on other social media platforms still including twitter so if you follow me on twitter i probably will check to see if you're on blue sky (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't have i don't have a lot of new stuff particularly at the moment but you can still you know pick up rage of elements if you haven't already i wrote like a sixth of that book uh, a lot of words.
0: Uh, any word on when we can expect new uh, legend lore?
5: Ooh, um, soon, I hope.
0: It's mostly up to Lauren, who's very busy with her academic stuff.
5: I think it's finally starting to calm down for her, but then obviously it was like straight into the holidays. So I think starting in the new year, we'll be able to start recording again.
0: All right, looking forward to that. Nate?
6: Uh, I am both on the cursed bird app of Twitter and the new deal of blue sky under roskman r-o-s-c-m-a-n as the username um still learning the faux pas and what i can and can't do on a blue sky so far can't post gifs still bothers me but i go on both sites mostly share artist stuff occasionally drop opinions that aren't quite enough to make an article out of can't post gifs i no, try so can't and- yeah. Yeah. How am I going to meme if I can't do awful, janky, two-frame, rapid blinking animations? The cornerstone just, of communication. Uh,
5: you post the two frames as single images in the same post. And then everyone will understand.
6: Hmm. I have to do some exploring. New There's ways to lot... fun post.
5: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of gifts that are like so ingrained in the culture that if you post a still of the gif people will understand what it is that you are posting even if it's not actually animated itself
0: Hmm,
6: might get into posting simpsons frames those are always a classic
0: scott where can people find you
7: uh you can find me on discord and on twitter at uh gm gm underscore lamplighter and uh I'm still on uh most of the other social medias, although frankly I'm I'm just getting back to social media after uh after my enforced hibernation. So new stuff should be coming out soon. Have we
0: ever discussed the meaning of lamplighter? Like why you associate with it?
7: Uh I don't think we ever did. No. Um it's actually it's uh stolen from a, a very good friend of mine who is an astronomer, but um as an astronomer he decided not to just do research he was really about inspiring other people and sort of just showing them how wonderful and amazing the universe was and so he sort of took the name lamplighter as a sort of like a guiding light and uh, he passed away just after i got into pathfinder and so i sort of adopted his his name as a tribute to him but also because that's kind of my uh, my take on things as well
0: i'm glad i asked and finally esther where can people find you
8: yeah people can find me at dungeon minister on blue sky which i'm trying to shift over to primarily and i'm still on twitter those are the places that i am most often but if i'm on any social media it will always be at dungeon minister all lowercase all one word
0: you can find me mostly on Facebook and Discord and you can find the No Direction Network at nodirectionpodcast.com so thank you all for joining us Happy New Year and Happy Holidays to you all